Today marks 50 days since Easter and the disciples are gathered around Mary in prayer in the upper room. We shouldn't be surprised that the disciples are gathered around Mary because Mary, of all the disciples, she alone was the only one who never doubted Jesus' words. And it's also fitting that they are gathered in prayer because prayer is the foundation of the spiritual life. A disciple who doesn't pray is like a car that doesn't drive. And while they were there in prayer, a sound comes from heaven like the rush of a mighty wind, and then tongues of fire came and rested on each one of them. But more important than these external signs was what happened in their hearts, and it said they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Pentecost marks a turning point in the life of the disciples and the beginning of the church because once they are filled with the Holy Spirit, it is then that the disciples go out to speak and to share and to talk about God's mighty deeds. Namely, that God loved the world so much that he sent his only son to be born of the Virgin Mary so that he could offer his life in sacrifice for you and for me, so that we can be saved from our sins and then live forever as members of his family. To anyone who's joining us today for the first time or the first time in a long time, I wish to say welcome. We are so happy that you're here. We're also celebrating today, uh, this weekend, Memorial Day when we remember and commemorate the, those men and women who served in our armed forces and made the ultimate sacrifice for for our country. So especially for people who are just visiting, we're glad you're here. Starting next week, just so you know, we're gonna be starting something a little different with regards to the message series that we've been doing. Instead of having like the, ser- the message part of the series live in the homily like we've been doing, we're going to have the, the message part of the series take place after the announcements before mass begins. And the reason we're doing this is so that you can hear not from me or the deacon, but from a member of our team, our staff, about a topic that is of critical importance to our lives of faith, and that is the Mass. The series will be called Source and Summit because the Eucharist is the source and summit of Christian life. It's the source from which Christian life flows, and it is the summit to which Christian life is directed. So I'm just going to say this up front. You are not, no, I'll put it positively. You are want, for the next four weeks, you want to be sure to be early for Mass <laughs> so you don't miss what the different members of our team have to share. And yes, this does mean that the homilies will be a little shorter. <laughs> Last week, we invited folks to sign up to serve in our parish in volunteer ministry, and I'm very happy to share that we exceeded our goal of 50 people, which is, which is great. And I'm also happy to report that there is still room for more people to get involved. We are all called to serve in one way or another, so I, op- I invite you to open your heart to see what God is calling you to. The sign-up sheet, there'll be a sign-up sheet somewhere in the back of church after Mass. 
We are in the fourth and the final week of our message series called Totus Tuus. Totus Tuus means totally yours, and it was the motto of St. John Paul II, and he borrowed it from a prayer written by St. Louis de Montfort. The prayer read, Totus Tuus, ego sumit omnia mea tua sunt. I am totally yours, and everything that I have is yours. These words express a love for Mary, but they also express a desire to belong completely to God, like Mary and with Mary. In the beginning of the Bible, our first parents were tempted by the serpent. They ate the forbidden fruit, and they caused sin and death to enter the world. But even at the beginning of the Bible, in Genesis chapter three, verse 15, God promised to send us a savior. And it says that the savior's mother would crush the serpent's head. And then if we jump to the end of the Bible, Revelation chapter 12, verse one, this woman, the mother of the savior, appears again. And this time she is clothed with the sun The moon is under her feet and on her head there is a crown of 12 stars. These verses refer to Mary. And as Mary was always a part of God's plan for our salvation, so she is someone that we can always turn to both for inspiration and intercession. And Mary's motherly care continues today. For instance, uh, we talked about the apparitions a few weeks ago, but another kind of example closer to home was one of the folks who we received into the church this past Easter shared this story about why she wanted to be Catholic. She lives in Maynard, and her her morning walk of her dog would would take her right past St. Bridget's Church every morning. And then one morning, she happened to stop in front of the statue outside the church of Mary. And she was struck by Mary's beauty. She thought she could relate to Mary because Mary was a mother like her. And then she was filled with a desire to become Catholic. She said that she knew that Mary wanted her to be Catholic. And now she says her life is different. She's happier and she has a whole new outlook on life. I like to think that this is how Mary's hand gently guides us at important times. St. Mother Teresa recommended turning to Mary like this. She said, if you ever feel distressed during your day, call upon Our Lady and just say this simple prayer. Mary, Mother of Jesus, be a mother to me now. And Mother Teresa wrote, I must admit this prayer has never failed me. It should be pretty obvious by now that we need Mary's help. I mean, just look at the world in which we live. World leaders seem to think that the only thing that can bring about peace is the threat of more violence. Gender ideology seeks to obscure who we're created to be as men and women, and it's being thrust on children at a young age. There's the economic uncertainty that we have, and it seems like the cost of living is rising quicker than our wages. And then there's the thousand and one other things that sap our energy and keep us from being the best version 
of ourselves. St. John Bosco had a prophetic dream regarding the future troubles of the church, and it's also applicable to the troubles that we face. In his dream, there was a great ship that represents the church, and we are members of that church, so this represents us too. And then there were many other ships trying to sink and destroy it. In the midst of the sea, though, there were two very large and very sturdy pillars. On top of one of the pillars was a statue of Mary with the inscription, Help of Christians. On the other pillar, there was a, um, a statue of a great big communion host, and underneath it it said, salvation of believers. Now in the dream, it was in setting sail between these two pillars as well as being moored to them that the enemies were defeated and that calm returned to the sea. St. John Bosco interpreted this dream to mean that devotion to Mary and devotion to Jesus in the Eucharist are the two things that can save us. And I think for us, it's also a good call to take stock of the pillars that we hold to for support. You know, are they the things that ultimately build us up? Like prayer or quality time with the people that we love or reading a good book? Or are they the things that add to the choppiness of the waters like mindless scrolling self-medicating, or really anything that stagnates us and keeps us from living in accordance with our ideals. Mary wants to help us with all of these things, and the more we turn to Mary, the more of her help we can expect. So in your life, I invite you to consider what does consistent devotion to her look like. And then I'd like to end right now by consecrating our parish and ourselves to Mary, the mother of God. So I invite you to please rise. Good. Great. And we pray. Loving Father, you chose Mary to be the mother of Jesus and our mother too. We stand before you as your children in need of your grace and your mercy. And Mary, we consecrate our parish and ourselves to you. We ask you to keep us under your mantle and to help us along the path that leads to your son. And we pray together the words of the Memorare. Pray along with me if you know it. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who implored thy help or sought thy intercession, or left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen.